And this is this leadership part of the role. And that's what we help our cluster leaders to build. And then it's always a question about being a strong builder and a strong builder at the same time. Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby, and I'm very happy to be joined today by Stefan Aschenbrenner. After his career with large international retail and telecommunications firms, Stefan started his first recruiting business in 2001. In 2011, he joined EO executives to build out their German territory. And after four years, they became one of Germany's top 50 executive search and selection firms. Stefan became the managing director in 2016 of the entire EO International Group, and he became the owner in 2019 and relocated the headquarters to Cologne in Germany. EO is a franchise network with offices throughout Europe. They've helped over 4,000 clients to solve critical hiring challenges on both a permanent and interim basis. And EO Executives helps executive search professionals to build and scale a partner-led executive search firm. We'll discuss what that means shortly and achieve a yearly turnover of two to four million without the risk of investing in expensive employed consultants. So the idea is to build a sustainable business that could be sold to a successor with significant equity value. Stefan, welcome. Thank you for being here. Mark, thank you. I'm really happy being there. Thank you for being your guest here today. Um, My pleasure. So we have met once before and... uh, Uh, It was a few years ago, but you were reminding me of the exact date. Could you say what the date was and why it was significant? Yeah, it was the the 24th of October 2019. Yeah. And it was actually the day we signed the contract to buy the existing shareholders of EO Executive out of the business and take over the company. So that's why I recall the day. And in the process, I always jumped out speaking with my lawyers, asking if everything is fine, and then finally giving the go. Fantastic. So that was a momentous occasion for you. And I didn't realize you had all that going on at the time um, because it was an event hosted by Mm -hmm. iIntro, our mutual friends at iIntro. I know that you're customers of theirs and they're partners of ours. And uh, so they had asked me to speak. Uh, The event, I think, was called Retained Recruiter Academy or something like that. Academy, yes, yeah. Exactly. And um, they asked me to speak. I, I gave a presentation about content marketing and how that can position you in order to you know, have the authority and the credibility to mm-hmm. attract opportunities to work on a retained mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a, a really fun event. Um, and we, we, we love high intro anyway. They've, they actually sponsored the show. Um, mm, so, okay. you know, I've known Plamen and James and, uh, the guys over at intro for, for many years, but I'm glad that they gave us the opportunity to meet as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great event in, in London we had. And uh, yeah, same for us. We, we love uh, iIntro or executive intro, as we call it. Yeah. And the more important, our clients, they love it as well. <laughs> and our partners. Absolutely. So I guess it gives you a real um, competitive advantage. But we can talk more about that mm. uh, later. What I'd, I'd love to learn more about your business model, because... Um, you kind of have created a way to s- sustainably scale a, an, a small boutique executive search firm, which mm-hmm. number one is difficult to accomplish. Um, and number two, very few of those create any, you know, real equity value, right? They're more lifestyle businesses mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. owner retires and then they, 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 they close up, um, so could you explain a little more about EO and how, how that works? Yeah. So basically, um, from, from the market side, we are in the um, position of search and selection. So normally, uh, we start working with uh, €100,000 um, salary package of our candidates up to €300,000. And uh, this is a level which we, we feel that our clients want to have senior recruiters or senior partners on the other side, people who know what they're doing and who have been in the same position 
as as the candidates and and as the clients have. So we all learned it's about having senior people there. Mm. And that was my starting point in uh, EO executives as well. I came from the industry, always worked in senior executive positions. So I started uh, coming to recruitment and I thought, how can I? And yeah, the, the, the first thing I always mm, thought must be in, in my case, I never thought about a lifestyle business. Yeah, I came from leadership positions and I always wanted to build something. So just doing the daily job, yes, okay, that's okay, but I always wanted to grow something. And the first thing I learned, and then my, my partners learned it as well, it's so difficult finding the right people on senior level. Mm. It might be different on recruitment level, uh, where you can work with uh, people being 30 years old. In On our level, our customers, they they just want to have people in their 40s or 50s yeah who are really senior so i, I thought how can i how can i grow a company yeah and the first thing obviously was yeah just just reach out and look that you can hire senior consultants yeah first thing i learned they are really the better they are the more expensive they are so they're incredibly expensive yeah so in, in, in growing a company and growing a company fast, you either have got, yeah, really you need to have got funds, yeah, mm -hmm. to invest and invest and invest in people, yeah, or it's just a slow process of growing the company. And I found it's a risky process. Mm -hmm. So even though we are executive search professionals, it's so difficult finding people make one choice and say that's the right choice yeah so 100%. you invest you 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 invest money you invest a lot of money then you've got somebody on your your team then you have to train him you have to onboard them make them part of the team and what we learned is that um yeah you've either got people who are really excellent and that's fine you earn quite a lot of money. You've got people who are okay-ish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yes, yes, you make the choices which you will not do it the second time. Yeah. Because you learn that's not the right thing you do. Yeah. So what we learned, you burn the money with the people you made the wrong choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the money you earn with the really great people, you just put and reinvest in the other people you take on board newly. Right. So what you're saying is like the, the, the profit you make on your top performers gets, uh, absorbed and, uh, by funding the people who don't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's I, right. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. That's, so that's, that's right. So we always found it. Yeah. Really kind of disappointing when you really want to grow fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're always putting the money from the strong builders. Yeah. Investing in the the, the newcomers, yeah? And then the other thing is, and that's what we learned in UK especially, um, and our office was located in Winchester, mm -hmm. so south of London, um, the better the people are, the, the sooner they just go for a higher paycheck to London, yeah? So it always was was a kind of a high turnover, yeah? And we spent so much time in training the people, and the people said, thank you for the training. This was probably the best training i ever got but sorry now i go to london bigger paycheck so it was a constant turnover in the company so it was just disappointing yeah I, let me just reflect on that because i think this is the experience of many owners who want to grow and they experience this frustration and disappointment and unfortunately many of them give up and they just go back mm. to they think well it's just less hassle and less risk if I just be a solo producer and mm -hmm. uh, I'm making a really good living and they just almost um, give up on their dream of building something because it's so difficult. And uh, now don't get me wrong, it can be done. And we do have clients who, we have a program called Apex, which is for those who wish to scale and uh, sort of to to they typically have between five and 25 employees and they want to mm. just get 
you know, establish a really uh, strong, successful company that runs without them. Mm. Um, it's hard. It's really, really hard. <laughs> and we tell that to people. We say, look, only do this if you are 100% committed to growing mm. because you can absolutely do it um, if you if you want it badly enough, you know, we can help you navigate, you know, hiring, onboarding, training, retaining, developing people, um, you know, but it's hard. So if you have found some solutions, Stefan, to, you know, take some of that pain away, then I'm all ears. <laughs> okay, yeah. So from my personal background, um, and, and this is basically the route uh, we're talking here about, is um, I started my career in one of the biggest uh, hardware retailing franchise organizations in Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, I was absolutely fascinated that strong entrepreneurs um, are joining together and, and, and joining a franchise organization Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be more successful than doing it by themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and franchise sometimes, if you talk about the subways and and all these other kind of organizations, yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes it appears like the the small or the weak entrepreneurs they they join a franchise organization, and the organization I came from, yeah. Um, our partners had to invest 20 or 30 millions of euro in a hardware wow. store. Okay. Yeah? So they were serious. So, like they were. So yeah. they, they're absolutely serious. Yeah? yeah. They were in business in the first or second generation and they have been entrepreneurs by heart, strong people. And these strong people, they discovered it's just more successful to join a strong organization. And that was a, absolutely trigger point for myself mm. yeah Interesting. so having this situation in executive search finding it very difficult i thought there must be a, another solution yeah looking for strong people with a strong leadership background yeah coming from outside the executive search field mm -hmm. giving them a really excellent training mm -hmm. yeah excellent coaching and then grow the company and that's what we started doing um, 2011 here in Germany mm. and 2014 as you just mentioned we have been awarded top 50 of all German executive search firms and there are more than 2,000 wow in that's Germany. incredible great yeah so that was a, a really great journey <laughs> yeah. so Stefan I can understand from your point of view that growing the organization you, you the model that you found the most successful was instead of trying to hire recruiters it was better to find people our entrepreneurs who are committed they were willing to invest and they were senior executives themselves um they you trained them and gave them the systems processes to run a successful search firm and that meant that you're only working with people who are strong, highly motivated, and are going to, you know, do everything they can to make this successful. Um, but how does that then cascade to your franchisees, your, your, your partners? How do you help them to grow a sustainable business mm -hmm. uh, in, for each of their, um, each of their companies? Yeah, that's a really very interesting uh, point, uh, Mark, you're mentioning. How do we help our partners to grow? Because that's a big learning I had. So I'm, I'm a guy who, who wants to grow and wants to scale and wants to leave a legacy. Mm. So uh, we, we call it in EO, in the meanwhile, seven levels on okay. executive search. And it, this journey always starts on level one which is preparation state yeah so we help our new partners to prepare everything they need have for having a good start yeah mm -hmm. second level is what we call the essential level which is train them helping them getting the first clients the first placements so getting the first money as soon as possible because having the first client the first placement changed the entire mindset Oh, yeah. absolutely. Of, yeah. Of people. Yeah. 
everybody can recall the first placement and now that they are in the game. Yeah. Yes. You're hooked that, at that point because you, you've seen the results and you want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. You, you absolutely, you, you do it. Yeah. And you have got the result mm-hmm. and then the people normally go on the level, which we call the professional level. Mm-hmm. And a professional level is in our uh, understanding a level where people make 300, 350,000 euros or pounds in annual uh, gross margin. Mm-hmm. And that's a good income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I've seen people coming from really great leadership positions and they're now by themselves making these 300,000 euros in gross margin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they say, wow, I love it. It's excellent. I mm-hmm. only have to care about myself. Mm-hmm. I only have to manage myself. I've got my own clients and everything is fine. And and a couple of years we thought, oh, wow, why do they stop growing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but but we learned there are people who love it. And I think that's excellent if mm-hmm. people are on the stage on a professional level. However, there are some people who say, if I can do 300, why it's not possible to make 500. And we call this the synergy level. So we help Did you say them. synergy? Yeah, synergy, synergy level. Or leverage, okay. le- le- leverage level, basically okay. leverage level, yeah. So we help them to leverage basically their time, mm-hmm. yeah. We help them with research. We help them with assistances, yeah, to, to go from 300 to 500 thousand or six hundred thousand euros in gross margin they are still the the most important person in their business because they are the partner but they've got research and assistance services if you're a recruitment business owner you might be feeling the pressure to invest in new technology but how do you invest in technology that is proven to win higher paying clients Otherwise, overall, you're just making a financial loss. Our trusted partner, iIntro, has a solution for this. They provide recruiters with an online delivery platform for the candidate shortlist. So instead of sending over CVs or resumes, you can send your clients an online profile that includes video, key competency questionnaires, and behavioral assessments. It looks more professional than a CV or a PDF, plus it helps the client make a more informed decision about who to call to interview. But that's not all. iIntro also provides recruitment business owners with coaching for their team, not just to help them use the software, but to help them use it to win more retained business. Their comprehensive training program is specifically designed to help recruiters at all levels of experience develop their retained recruitment service. In fact, many of the hundreds of recruitment businesses they've worked with win a brand new retained client after only a few weeks of getting started. To see iIntro in action, just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained to book a free demonstration. There's no obligation, plus you'll also be helping to support this podcast. That's recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained. So first of all, you've identified, and I agree 100%, some people don't want to grow. They they want to stay at that professional level. They're making two, three, four hundred thousand, and they're, you know, as a one-person enterprise and they like that. They don't want the hassle. They don't want to be responsible for other people. And that's absolutely fine. In fact, I'd say that's 90% of recruiter, Mm -hmm. recruitment business owners fall into that, that bucket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's right. And, um, and, and then, so the, to get to the next level, what you're saying is there's a level where you're still the, the, uh, sole producer you ha- own the client relationships and you uh, are the, the the rainmaker, but you you leverage your time with research and having assistance. So agree 100% on that. Um, what are the kinds of uh, tasks and, and, and projects that those assistants are uh, are performing in order to maximize the productivity of the uh, partner? Mm, yeah. So in, in research is, is clear, helping the partner to have quality interviews, yeah, yeah. And, and taking all the, the jobs before the quality interviews, mm-hmm. yeah, and then managing the entire process with the, the client as well. Uh, we think on a, on a leverage level, you're basically, as an executive search professional, have two areas where you 
are most successful. Mm -hmm. This is interviews with your candidates, mm -hmm. yeah, and being in contact with your clients. Right. And the better it is, and the more time you spend in one of these two bubbles, yeah. the more successful you are. Totally. Makes and, sense, yeah. And our most successful partner, he's doing one million mm -hmm. with this kind of working model. Yeah. Great. And the team organizes everything for him. Yeah. And he's just in interviews and together with his clients. Got it. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. The more time that you can spend, what, I mean, those, that's, those are really the core revenue generating activities. It's speaking to relevant candidates and meeting with and talking to your clients and then architecting the deal and overseeing you know, that mm -hmm. successful uh, search process. So if you can get other team members in the background doing everything else, then it maximizes the time at what you're best at. So yeah, mm. that makes 100% yeah. sense. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. okay, so then yeah. after yeah. the leverage level, what's next? Yeah, so the, the leverage level is still built on that the partner is the, the most important person, mm -hmm. yeah? Um, my brother, he's a dentist, mm -hmm. and he is a he is a, a working model. Yeah, if he's not with a with a um, one of his uh, patients, yeah, he does not earn any money. Right, yeah? of and, course. And, and if he is on vacation, there is no cash flow. There's no money coming in. Absolutely, yeah? because he's the doctor in the firm. Yeah. So the next level above the uh, the leverage level is the team level and this is really about my position it's a team level which i started uh, 2011 yeah having uh, 10 people 10 consultants in my team mm -hmm. uh, who have their own clients who build their own clients so they do the work and i'm just one of them mm, yeah? yes so and and that totally changes the game yeah it changes the game of I'm not the only builder in the business. Yeah. So there are other client relationships. And this is very important if you want to sell your business at a certain time in the future. Yes. If all the connections are bound to yourself and you mm -hmm. walk away, risks are that 80 or 90% or the entire business is collapsing. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yes. If you're, 100. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, if you are the, primary biller and you own all the client relationships, the business has no value without you because zero value. Yeah. The person, I mean, what would they be buying? You can buy a database, but you can rebuild a database. It's the relationships that, mm -hmm. you know, ha have the value. Yeah. Yeah. So in, on, on this level, on the team level, when you've got your team and in our in our solution, it's a, it's a partner-led team. So mm -hmm. bringing on partners because you don't have to invest all over again, time for time. Wait, uh, could you, then, then could you explain what that, what you mean by that? It's a partner. Um, yeah. So partner lattice, um, yeah. as you, as you just said, as in a franchise organization, yeah, mm -hmm. that the partners come to us, the partners get excellent training. They get uh, coaching and support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they build their own clients. They have got their own candidates and they work together in a team and we called it a cluster. Okay. Yeah. And a cluster for us is always in in bigger countries as Germany. There's a strong uh, FMCG cluster mm -hmm. um, with one cluster leader, and he builds his team of ten or twelve partners, mm -hmm. only working um, in the field of uh, FMCG. Yeah. So the cluster is built around a a niche market. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether that it could be an industry or it could be a is that how you organize it or yeah, mainly it's industry. Yeah. Mainly it's industry, yeah. Mm -hmm. Rather than yeah. Uh, function. Yeah, we, we found it more more easy to, to build it around industries, yeah. Okay. But IT, for example, is something in between. Yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's a function and an in okay. industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. Okay, so, but explain to me how one um, ascends from the leveraged uh or synergy level to the team level um without the obstacles you mentioned earlier of the you know constant churn of hiring training mm. and then mm. you know losing people and and so on 
Yeah. So the first and most important distinction is that we normally do not, not look out for employed consultants, mm-hmm. but we look out for franchisees or partners, self-employed partners. Got yeah. it. Uh, so wait, the, so your partners can themselves recruit other partners to work for yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah, if they become a cluster leader and the cluster leader uh, position okay. is a different position. So I asked a couple of my my best performing partners, what about your own appetite to really build a team? Mm. And I asked five of them. Mm-hmm. And two of them said, sorry, no, mm-hmm. I'm really happy where I'm currently at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I learned that's totally okay. That's totally mm-hmm. fine. And three of them said, yes, absolutely. I want to build my own team. I always was a leader in my former career, so mm-hmm. I know I can lead. I know I can build. I know I it's just something which which I really like and love, yeah. Yes. And if you can give me an opportunity in executive search, yeah, in building my own team without investing and investing all over, yeah, I would be happy. So I said, okay, so let's do and let's call this a cluster mm-hmm. and you now got the opportunity building your cluster yeah which could be as we just said uh, an industry fmcg yeah or in smaller countries like austria yeah mm-hmm. the entire country interesting so i mean you could when you w- use the word cluster some firms might call that a practice area a practice or, area yeah yes. something like that okay got you no it's really important what you said like um if you're going to grow, you have to enjoy leading, developing others, you know, and and not find that a burden. And that's something that's distracting you from what you really want to do, which is make placements. Um, because the mindset you need to, in order to really be successful at scaling something is that um, you want to develop others and you want to, um, you enjoy that part of it. Or maybe you've, yeah, I, I think it's really important to to know yourself and whether that is going to be something you're excited about or something that you find uh, burdensome. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's the starting point is always that you normally had leadership positions in your former career and, and you say, I'm, I'm happy in executive search. However, something is missing. Yeah. Mm. And this is this leadership. Uh, part of the role yeah Mm -hmm. and that's what we help our cluster leaders to build Um, and and then it's always a question about being a strong builder and a strong builder at the same time that is difficult stefan and um, in fact i'd say that is the most difficult job in recruiting so being a builder is already challenging it's exciting but and rewarding but it's not easy it's not an easy um job to to do it really well um and then being a business owner where you have a team of billers is also challenging in different ways and has it's it's you know it's a different set of problems and skills that need to be developed um but then to combine both in one you're basically doing two different jobs at the same time. You're still doing mm-hmm. everything you were doing before to run a successful desk or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. function. And then you're also doing a whole nother, another job, which is the building. So building and building, mm-hmm. um, challenging. How do you support people in order to, because what here, here's what I've seen. I've been doing this <laughs> for 20 years or so. Um, when people take this on, mm. There's one of four possibilities. So number one is they continue to excel, but their team uh, is underperforming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's one, because they're still focused on themselves and their own deal-making, and they kind of ignore the team yeah. uh, that they're responsible for. Or it can be the opposite, uh, uh, situation number two, they forget about their own clients and they they devote too much time and energy to building their mm-hmm. team and supporting their team and their own billings drop off okay mm. so that's possibly number two possibly number three which is the worst situation is they devote time to their team they ignore mm. their own clients 
their own billings go down, but their team don't perform. And now they're really screwed, <laughs> right? Mm. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. That's like the worst case the, scenario. The, the, the worst. Right. Now, that what we want to have happen is option number four, which is that they maintain and continue producing at a high level themselves, and they bring, they build successful billers uh, mm-hmm. as well. And so that is the, that's what we're aiming for here. But I've seen mm-hmm. all four of those different scenarios, <laughs> Stefan. So how do you ensure that they achieve both their own billings and they help their team to bill as well? Mm, yeah, so it all comes down to again to to synergies, yeah. Okay. To to always have a look: are there things in the business, yeah, we can do for them that they do not have to do it? And the most important part is all the pre-boarding, the onboarding, and the entire training and coaching process. And that's something, and and that's the point in in your four. For options you, you just said, yeah, training people, I learned, is the most important thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it's so important. It's mo- absolutely. It's the most important thing. And I absolutely can subscribe the situation you just described, yeah. You have got your own billings, then you have got the team, and you're always in this kind of tension between the two poles. Yeah? Yes, balancing. And yeah. yeah, yeah, back and forth, yeah. So we, we do the entire training. For all new partners, mm-hmm. yeah, we do the entire onboarding for all new partners. So mm-hmm. basically, our leaders they are building their own clients while we train and coach their people. And it's the and the trick is it's much more easier to train three, four, five people at the same time. Definitely, it's yeah. better for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So our our leader is billing. He's doing his own business. We train a team of people coming from different countries, coming from different uh, clusters. So they instantly feel, wow, I'm in a bigger organization here. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I've got other colleagues I can turn to. Yeah. Um, we meet them every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, all new, new starters. Yeah. All come together, discuss what has been yesterday, progress yesterday's difficulties yesterday. Mm. Um, and that creates an entire different spirit and culture in the organization. Mm. And still, our leaders are building and doing their own business at yeah. the same time. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. And uh, it makes total sense. You've got, that's the, I guess that's the advantage of, or one of the advantages of um, being part of a network like EO rather than doing it everything yourself is you have resources of a bigger organization Mm -hmm. that you can tap into such as learning and development, which, um, is so critical. And, uh, like I can't understate how important learning and development is to the success of your team members. Mm. Um, you just need to invest time and energy in that. And so I guess they can, plug into your learning development. I still feel that the owner needs to, um, enjoy coaching because mm-hmm. once they finish their, let's say, onboarding process, the learning doesn't stop, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, mm-hmm. ongoing forever, continuously leveling up and, mm-hmm. you know, optimizing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. Coaching is one of our favorite themes mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in EO. Yeah. So it's important to, to coach people. And the thing I learned, and this was again, a painful learning from the very first day, some 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I came from my own leadership roles in the industry. I know, and I knew how to coach and support employees. Mm-hmm. To train and to coach entrepreneurs is totally different. Mm, okay, it is absolutely and totally different. Yeah, and say more about that because I'm in the same yeah. position now because <laughs> I used to train like team members, recruitment consultants, and 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 salespeople, and now mm. I coach business owners. So, mm. what's you been your experience of the of the key differences? Yeah, so a key difference is you know. In an employed model, the, mm-hmm. the roles are, are kind of different, yeah? Um, I'm the manager and you're the employee, yeah? However you play it, it's a pretty clear model, yeah? Uh, may I see your numbers? I can ask my employee and yes, sure, absolutely. It's part of the game. Yes, I can 
I have to show the numbers. Yeah, mm. on an as an entrepreneur, he says, "Wait, wait! I'm here, an entrepreneur, and I don't want to be managed. I don't want to be have somebody who's looking if I'm doing things right." And they mm. give you a pushback. Yeah. yeah, and and this easily, easily, yeah, comes to a situation where where people say, well, "May I see your numbers?" No, no, everything's fine. No, but please uh, tell me the, your numbers. I don't think they're. You just think my numbers are not fine. So it's a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> and it's a e easy situation. Yeah, and and most people end up in this situation. Yeah, but so, but surely. Yeah. Um, that is a matter of getting permission and buy-in at the outset yeah. of how you would like to support them in order to uh, m ensure that they are successful. Yeah. And so it's yeah. almost having that uh, agreement up front that, look, this is our process to ensure that you are successful, that you know, uh, you make as much money as possible and I'm here to help you and I'm here to serve you. And mm. part of that means that we'll have monthly um, business reviews and we'll together, we'll analyze your, your numbers and look at, uh, you know, where there's opportunity for you to increase your revenue without working any harder uh, because we have the experience to be able to analyze your ratios, for example, mm. and, and spot the um you know the 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 parts of your process where you could just make a few little changes and mm. and and up level your results mm. are you mm. are you happy with that and so you get them to buy in at the beginning mm -hmm. that yeah. would be my yeah. approach anyway yeah so it's it's uh, it's absolutely important to get the buy in at the beginning and get um yeah a clear understanding who's got which roles here in this this game we called it the alignment process okay yeah to to get the people aligned and you know people normally tend to forget what they uh committed to <laughs> okay <fair> so <laughs> <laughs> so so if you had this in first month is the, the first month yeah, yeah they probably forget it uh, in month three or four so the most important thing we learned is to to offer our partners um, every three months a new 90-day planning session. Mm. And it's about helping them plan their next quarter. Great. Yeah? I love it. Uh, and again, it's a team session. Yeah. Okay. So partners come together and partners discuss, what did I do in the last 90 days? Yeah. Mm. Uh, what went well? What went did not pretty well? So what's the plan for the next 90 days and they mm -hmm. discuss it together the partners it's led by one of our leaders or by myself mm -hmm. and then they have got their own plan and then it's and at this point then it's again easy to to jump in and say shall i support you oh yes please shall we have weekly or monthly catch-up calls you show me your numbers uh, and it's all about measuring yeah mm -hmm. And um, shall we do it? And we then do the realignment again every three months. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Makes total sense. Because you're right. Owners, the reason people start a business is they want autonomy, freedom, ownership. They don't want to be managed, right? And, mm -hmm. and so if that's not handled correctly, then people will feel defensive and it can break down communication for sure absolutely easy yeah and we fall into this trap uh, uh, over and over again by ourselves yeah so in 2020 um i made um, uh, um, um uh, business coaching um coaching by myself so i'm mm -hmm. a certified business coach now mm -hmm. and um, i learned how to coach other people yeah, like in a normal client relationship. Yeah, there's a coach and the coachee. And I found that's absolutely the same model. It's absolutely happy and truly the, the right thing to do in the relationship to our partners. So we are yes. now training all of our leaders in this coaching happiness. That is well. awesome. Stefan, a couple of things I want to say here. First of all, <laughs> I agree 100%. If you are a business owner, you must also be a coach. And develop the and that is a skill set that can be learned and developed and improved. Um, it's not 
necessarily instinctive. I mean, we tend to find recruit, recruiters and recruitment business owners are tend to be good communicators, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's still an area that needs to be really a developed and given top priority. But as we're speaking here, it occurred to me what you're saying about the alignment process, the 90-day planning, and then gaining um, buy-in to support people on a whatever timetable, weekly or monthly uh, follow-up and look at numbers. I actually think that's the same in an employed model. Mm. I think that um, these days people value autonomy and they want to they don't want to be my want to and if they're an employee um that if you're if 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 that conversation isn't approached in the right way you are still going to get pushback even from an employee you'll get resistance mm. you'll get mm. bad feeling and possibly uh turnover and so i think the mindset you described in the way that you handle things at EO when you're supporting and uh, team members who are partners, I actually think that process could be applied in an employed model as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. Um, the, the principles are the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though the, the relationship underlying is different because sure. it's, yeah it's 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 different so it's more easy to, to go into the wrong direction yeah mm. uh, and being more pushy or yeah going more to micromanagement yeah which an employee normally does not like i'm totally with you absolutely yeah on the other side which will totally and instantly destroy communication with a partner instantly right yeah i it I closes it. a door and the door is closed <laughs> right okay it sounds like you, this is born out of experience stefan um, it is yeah so this was in the let's say in in, in the early days yeah mm-hmm. when when we learned how difficult it is to to build such a partner-led organization yeah and uh, to be honest, fifty uh, percent of all partners left again after one or two years. Yeah, mm. so so we learned it the hard way, mm-hmm. and we are now in a situation that nobody leaves again. <laughs> so mm, that's great. When when, when, when people mm-hmm. on board, they stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Recruitment Entrepreneur. If you've dreamed of starting your own business, or if you've already got a successful firm and you want to grow more rapidly then pay close attention. Recruitment Entrepreneur are the number one investors in recruitment startups and scale-ups globally. They provide everything you need to grow your business, including the funding and financial expertise, operational strategy and back office support, and marketing and talent attraction solutions. Led by James Kahn, they've already invested in 45 businesses and you could be their next joint venture partner. To learn more about Recruitment Entrepreneur in the USA or anywhere globally, go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash VC. That's VC is in venture capital. Book a call with one of their investment directors and be sure to tell them you were referred by Mark Whitby and the Resilient Recruiter podcast. Once again, visit recruitmentcoach.com forward slash VC. Can I play devil's advocate for a minute here? Because yeah. I, yeah, I really yeah, want sure. to understand... Um, now I understand that the, a, a franchise is different in that there's there are contracts involved and and um, it's maybe a s- more solid mm-hmm. business model. But what we find, like we have a lot of clients in the states, probably fifty five percent of our clients are in the in the U.S. and it's very common there for search firms to um, not employ people, but to have people who are what they call 1099 it's like a self-employed you know uh, contractor essentially who is working full-time uh for your firm but ultimately they are self-employed and this raises many of the same issues you just described in that it then is harder for you to manage that individual because they have more of a lone wolf mentality or not lone wolf that's the wrong word free agent they have a free agent mentality mm-hmm. which is if someone's going to take that risk of not having a salary for example and uh you know eat what you kill they they need to make placements in order to make money then um 
the risk of that from the owner's point of view is that per- is the same type of entrepreneurial mindset where someone is more likely just to set up in competition to you. Mm. And so isn't there a risk in hiring partners rather than employees? Isn't there a greater risk that they decide to go completely on their own? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good good point you're you're making here. Yeah, um, what we learned is that yes, there are these kind of people out there. Yeah, who just want to to be part of something, get all the training, and they've got the um, the, the mindset of go hunting and eat what you kill, and I do everything by myself. And this basically is a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are people out there who've got this mindset and i'm happy that there are these people out there and i'm happy that they are not part of your executives Hmm. because there are also other people who've got a totally different mindset and it's a Hmm. mindset thing Hmm. people out there have got the mindset i i do not want to be the lonely wolf Hmm. i'm looking for having a team i want to have collaboration i want to share my business i want to go to hunt the big deers, which I cannot hunt by myself. Yeah, mm. they they've got a mentality of not cut the pie, but of growing the pie. Mm. And basically, our cluster is part of exactly this solution to not just say, "Okay, you're part of the FMCG cluster." Okay, so what's the uh, what's it all about? Yeah. So if we onboard them, we say to them. You can be part of the FMCG cluster, and our joint goal and mission in FMCG is becoming one of the top leading FMCG uh, search firms mm. in Germany. Yeah, yes. So they are part of the team. So they meet each day. They go hunting together. They have client meeting together. Yeah, they have joint uh, account management. If there's the bigger firms, mm. if it's a small firm, they do everything by themselves, and that's fine. Yeah, so we see. I call it sometimes collaboration as a service. Okay. Yeah. So if there's a role you're not the real professional in, yeah, just take bring one of your colleagues in. Yeah. If right. the client is too big, go hunting together. Yeah, absolutely. I can see the ben. Well, let's return to mindset in a second. But certainly, there's a huge benefit of if you're the market leader, you're part of, let's say one of the top FMCG search practices in the country, that's way better in many ways than just being a small fish nibbling the edges. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you, but also um, the mindset thing is interesting that you looking for someone who wants the collaboration, who looks for opportunities to maybe share fees. For example, I introduced you to this client because mm-hmm. if the role is more suited to your background mm-hmm. or what have you, um, how do you identify that mindset before mm-hmm. you partner with them? Yeah. So basically, one thing, the first thing is to be very clear about your own proposition and mm-hmm. telling how you're working mm-hmm. and that you're not looking for people working in silos. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing, that they get a clear understanding of um, what the EO mindset is all about. It's all about the values in the organization. Yes. And then you instantly learn how they react, yeah? The questions they're asking, yeah? And if you've got somebody who's always the, the, the solo hunter type, yeah, then instantly bunch of question games but how you do this and and how you make sure it's your client or my client and what about the conflicts and you know you already know okay he's looking <laughs> in 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 a right. limited mindset yeah okay and other people they start telling you exciting stories about what they did in the past and that they did it in the past as well and then you ask then you and the person asking and and how did you mention the conflicts coming? And says, yeah, okay, so they're telling the stories, yeah? Mm, so got you it, got ins- it, got it. instantly can feel it. Yeah, no, it makes good sense. It makes good sense, uh, Stefan. So the other thing I wanted to ask you is building equity value in a search firm oh. because <laughs> this, is the, this is the big, uh, I think, drawback to staying small 
And, you know, m- most search firms, they've reached a point, the owner retires and they just close up shop. And, you know, and if they've made a good money throughout their career, then they probably have other investments, you know, and they, they, and, and, and that's it. They sail into the sunset. But to me, you mentioned leave a legacy as one of like at the beginning, mm-hmm. something that's important to you. And I think it's sad that you've put decades maybe into building a business and, and, and a brand and relationships. And then that just comes to it. That just finishes. I, I, mm-hmm. for some, there's something sad about that to me and maybe people are happy with that, but, um, it's so difficult though, because your firm, especially if you are the primary biller or, you know, it's just small, it, it doesn't typically have a lot of value. Mm-hmm. 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 So what, yeah. what is, what is the, your solution to that? Yeah. Yeah. So the solution again is building an executive search firm with self-employed partners and not employees. What I yeah. learned is that if you've got, even if you're at the stage of having your team with, with let's say, 10 employees yeah Mm -hmm. normally and sorry for being a little bit black and white here Mm -hmm. employees normally they are employees because they love being employed yeah Mm -hmm. to get the paycheck and they don't like the idea of investing money and they don't like the idea of of having an unstable income yeah it's the stability the security the the yeah yeah and do not invest hundreds of thousands of euros in, right. in, in the company. Yeah. So even if you've got 10 people in your team, you can ask your team, is there somebody in the team who wants to take over? Mm. And normally, generally speaking, generally speaking, yeah, um, out of 10 people, there's only just one entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm. So you put your entire company you build over the last 20 years in risk. Yeah. Just if you can agree with this one single person who's got this entrepreneurial genes. Yeah. So it's madness, I would say, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Just hoping that you can agree with this one single person. Yeah. In our game, it's again totally different. Imagine you've got a team of already 10 entrepreneurs in your team. Mm-hmm. They ask you, hey, Mark. Isn't it time for you to leave that we can take over? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. I see uh, your chances of uh, having a sort of MB- is it like an MBO basically or like yeah what, yeah you yeah, know yeah, but your chances yeah. if if they're all more entrepreneurial mindset are better Ch- that yeah yeah absolutely Ch- chances are much much more higher yeah yeah and and uh, we are a living example of that we we already did it two times yeah okay. Um, so the, the founder of um, EO, yeah, uh, who started the company in Winchester, yeah, he then left the business and two of the existing partners took over, mm. Andrew and Linda. Okay. Um, and then uh, I joined and as Andrew and Linda wanted to, to change the role, yeah, I took over again as a partner. So we already did it two times and right. we know it, it, it works, yeah. Yes. And I'm, I'm sure if I turn to my best partner saying, hey, guys, now for me, it's time to leave, which this is not. Um, <laughs> how can we structure a deal? Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. 100% convinced there will be a deal. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Fantastic. Um, from, from your perspective, is there anything you wanted to share that I haven't asked you yet? Yep. Basically... I think, yes, Mark, we are through the, the entire journey. It's about uh, building a team. Then it's about, um, when we talked about the seven levels, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's about, yeah, preparing the company for being sold. Mm-hmm. And and the main and most important thing that there's an income stream which is not connected with you as the owner. You probably mm-hmm. will use your own income stream, yeah, because your clients are connected to yourself, yeah. But you have got nine other people or ten other people, yeah, and that's the most important part, and that's the equity you can sell, yeah, yeah. So if it's only is that the magic you, number, you, Stefan? Yeah. Like, how many people mm. is gives you the critical mass that <laughs> you have that additional income stream beyond yourself? You know, in that yeah, certainty? yeah, yeah. Great question, because again, that's a learning. Yeah, um, we learned that. 
as soon as you go over a team of 12 people, mm -hmm. things are not getting just one person, additional person. Yeah, things are getting totally different. Yeah, you can have a team spirit with 12 people, and a team spirit means that they still interact with each other's on a mm -hmm. daily or frequent base yeah yeah if you're more than 12 people things are totally get different yeah so that's the reason why we always think about in teams of 12 partners. but couldn't the team of 12 break down further into pods or or um what you call them um what was the word yeah. again not practices but um uh, clusters cluster right so couldn't a team of 12 then break into another cluster that is part of the overall um, um yeah that, that 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 could be that could be I, i learned the number of 12 basically from a worldwide very successful company worth um it's Word, the, the german company um so how do you spell I, that stefan it's a w u that's a u with two yeah. dots uh, yeah. r t h okay Yeah, um, and they're huge, huge, um, multi-billion company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the founder said we always think in teams about 12. Okay. And as soon we are 12, we go back to to 16 people, and then you build again to uh, to 12 people. I mean, yeah. the 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 Roman army was organized in a similar way. <laughs> okay. Right. T uh, <laughs> ten, well, 10 uh, yeah. was the 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 number of. So you would have the, the 10 people are the ones that you're, you share the tent with, you cook together, you look out for each other. And then of course they have 10 groups of 10 is a century. And then they have however many centuries in a, you know, cool. a, a, and so on. But it 10 was the kind of basic uh, building yeah. block. Um, so one more thing, actually, are you okay for time? Cause I, yeah, I yeah, realize there's one more important thing, which is the technology and the platform. So if you, are building because we talked about trying to create something that people don't want to leave they feel like they would be worse off doing it themselves than remaining part of your uh team and you mentioned the training but the other aspect is the platform and the technology you're providing so that's where uh eo intro is it eo intro is that or executive intro yeah ex executive intro we call right executive it, yeah. intro which is your white label version of iintro comes in mm -hmm. so you've mm -hmm. developed this technology platform which uh allows your partners mm -hmm. to um make it easier for them to win new clients to differentiate themselves to uh justify why the client should pay a retainer and so on mm -hmm. uh yeah. how important is providing a platform providing you know, a, a, a suite of technological tools in order to enhance the success of your partners and make them yeah. not want to ever leave. Yeah, absolutely crucial. Absolutely crucial. Yeah. So it's, in our case, it's an executive intro um, for how it's basically our entire process of, of doing assignments and place mm -hmm. candidates and and handing over the candidates to our clients with videos and um, and assessment tools and you you know all know what what uh, I enjoy is doing on the other side our platform which is the CRM system and the yep. ATS system yeah, yeah absolutely crucial and we are working all on the same platform and there's only uh, yeah one rule that everything is visible for everybody so Everybody in the entire organization, I can today go in and check. Yeah, um, has ever anybody of my partners spoken with company X, Y, Z, and to whom they spoke? And this is accessible for everybody in the organization. Yeah, so they can make the links and combine the dots and say, "Oh, you're you're working with company. Um, I've got an idea. Let's share something." Yeah, the same is true for all the candidates. So we are absolutely 100 open. Yeah, no, I can see the benefit of that for sure. Stefan, I've really enjoyed this. Um, thank you very much for coming on the show and, and uh, yeah, and, and sharing your experience of how to scale 
executive search firms. Really, really interesting. Yeah, Mark, really excellent. I really enjoyed it uh, being here on the team. Yeah. And yeah, just a small uh, advertisement block, for example. Sure, yeah, go for it. If, if, if anybody of the, the listeners is looking for to, to scale and to grow the company, they just, yeah, turn to me and, and, and come to me. We are open to grow in Europe and beyond Europe. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. In the afternoon, I've called. I've got a call with Turkey, then late in the afternoon with the United States, with the UK in the afternoon. Yeah, we are just going and growing internationally. Amazing. Stefan, so we'll put your, a link to you to the, mm. the EO website and your, in, your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. But mm. if anyone is listening and they want to just go straight to LinkedIn, it's uh, Ashenbrenner, A-S-C-H-E-N. Brenner, B-R-E-N-N-E-R. So, uh, Stefan, thank you so much. Look forward to speaking again soon. Mark, what's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Recruiter. If you've enjoyed the show, the best way you can show your support is to click that subscribe button. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.